0: Welcome to Season 10 of American Political History The North American Contest Oglethorpe's Bluff. Late in October of 1740, Emperor Charles VI died and left the throne to his daughter Maria Theresa. The male Habsburgs contested her ascension to the throne of Austria. Prussia claimed the Austrian province of Silesia, sending an army to take it by force and calling on support from their allies, Spain, France, Bavaria, and Saxony. England responded by loaning money to Queen Maria, subsidizing the purchase of Hessian mercenaries for her forces. Spain and France viewed this European conflict as an opportunity to attack England's growing empire. Spain would attempt to capture Gibraltar and destroy Georgia. France expected to have its hands full attempting to conquer the Austrian Netherlands, modern Belgium, so the French would leave the offensive campaigns in colonial America to the Spanish. Two years later, in May of 1742, Spain would send 3,000 troops to St. Augustine for an attack on Georgia and then South Carolina. When words reached Oglethorpe of the Spanish force, he appealed to South Carolina for troops and supplies but they feared that they were the target of this attack and refused to give Georgia aid. The Spanish expedition unloaded 300 miles south of Fort Frederick, Georgia's main southern defensive fort. The Spanish army consisted of 2,400 Cuban soldiers under the command of Don Antonio Arredondo and 600 Florida militia under the command of Florida's governor, Moteno. Fort Frederick was garrisoned by 650 Georgia militia and native warriors. With little hope of support coming, the Georgian strategy was to aggressively attack Spanish reconnaissance scouts, hoping to hide their limited troop strength. The first attack was successful and destroyed a Spanish scouting party of 125. The next day when they attacked another Spanish scouting party, there was a counterattack with a nearby Spanish army. The self-appointed General Oglethorpe attacked with his own counter-counter-attack, and they managed to kill almost two-thirds of the Spanish scouting forces. Although the losses of 250 troops out of the Spanish expedition of 3,000 were not substantial, this surprise initial failure on the battlefield caused a severe loss of morale in the ranks of the Spanish expedition. The Spanish Florida militia and the Cuban forces started to blame each other for the failure, the Cubans going so far as to refuse to work with any Florida militia moving forward. And the few Spanish dragoons separated themselves from the rest of the army, returning to their frigates. When General Oglethorpe heard of the Spanish army's strife, he decided it was time to attack. On the night of July 12, 1742, with the cover of darkness, his 500 Georgia militia positioned to set an attack on the Spanish camp even though they were going to be outnumbered five to one. But right before the attack, a spy within his ranks ran into the Spanish camp. With the element of surprise lost, they were unlikely to succeed. General Oglethorpe ordered a retreat back to Fort Frederic. The spy was actually a Frenchman who had decided to blow his cover to give Florida's governor, Montano, his intelligence. General Oglethorpe was in real trouble. If the Spanish learned how small his forces actually were, he was simply going to be quickly overrun and defeated. So he decided to gamble everything on a single bluff. He would write a letter, which was to be delivered to the Frenchman. And then he found a willing Spanish prisoner who would take payment to secretly deliver this letter to the Frenchman. After releasing the Spanish prisoner, he waited. The future of the whole Georgia colony was wagered on this single action. As Oglethorpe anticipated, the Spanish prisoner was immediately captured and interrogated about how they'd managed to escape English hands. The Spanish soldier, being an 18th century man of honor, had not immediately said anything about the letter from Oglethorpe. He had been sworn to secrecy, but eventually the Spanish man relented and told his countrymen how it had come that he was released. When Governor mateño read the letter, the bluff had arrived at its target. The letter promised a large sum of money if the Frenchman could lure the Spanish ships and army further up the river, that the payment would be doubled if the Frenchman could lure them far enough up to encounter the hidden batteries. If he could not lure them there, then he was to do all he could to get the Spanish forces to delay their retreat out of Georgia, because there were six warships with 2,000 British regulars currently sailing from Charleston with orders to land south of the Spanish expedition's position and cut them off from retreat. And, of course, make no mention that Admiral Vernon was preparing his naval expedition for an attack on St. Augustine. This was an extraordinary battle plan that would have crushed the Spanish forces in Florida if it was not for the fact that it was all an imaginary wish list from the mind of General Oglethorpe. But the Spanish didn't know that. And what was more preposterous than this almost perfect strategic counterattack was the idea that the English were going to do absolutely nothing in response to the Spanish attack on Georgia. Or that the rest of colonial America would also be doing nothing in response to the attack on Georgia. Governor Montano now had no way of distinguishing if the French spy was truly helping him or trying to make a fortune for himself. Although the French and Spanish were currently allies, they had generations of history of being at war, especially between Louisiana and Spanish Florida. Governor Montano questioned the Frenchman, who of course said the letter was a pack of lies. The governor called for a council of officers. A minority of them viewed the letter as fiction, a ruse to save Fort Frederic. But the majority of the Spanish officers distrusted the Frenchmen, and under the circumstances believed that the letter had the distinct possibility of being true. After all, it made no military sense that the English would not send any additional forces to support Georgia. So the Spanish decided to make a hasty retreat back to St. Augustine. With one clever bluff, Oglethorpe had turned sure defeat into victory. When the word of his actions spread, James Oglethorpe would become a colonial American hero. In September of 1743, Oglethorpe was recalled to England to answer petty charges of a disgruntled ex-officer of his regiment. Oglethorpe would never return to colonial America but he would continue to be a stalwart ally for Georgia, even lobbying in Parliament that it was in England's strategic interest to defend Georgia from France and Spain. James Oglethorpe would live until the age of 98, which was long enough for him to formally welcome John Adams to London in 1785 as the first United States minister accepted into the court of St. James. Now, Everything that we have discussed to this point was technically happening under the banner of peace between England, France, and Spain. It was not actually until March of 1744 when in German territory, France took the opportunity to attack an English army of 35,000 soldiers led personally by King George himself. The possibility of capturing the English monarch on the battlefield was too great a prize for France to turn down. The Battle of Déttingen, was the last time an English monarch would lead an army in battle and marked the beginning of the Austrian War of Succession, or as it was known in colonial America, King George's War. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Political History. If you want to support the show, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating and share this show with someone you think would enjoy listening. Thank you again, and until next time.